Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Friday, November the 4th, 2022. It is currently 9.40 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Question. Do you think a Christian always understands the Bible better than a lost person? Do you think a Christian always understands the text of Scripture better than a lost person? Now, I know Christians are going to 100% unanimously say, obviously a Christian is going to understand the Bible better than a lost person. Obviously, because most Christians would argue or believe that our ability to understand the scripture is almost supernatural because the Holy Spirit gives us understanding, the Holy Spirit's leading us into all truth, and that is a typical teaching amongst Christians everywhere. And you know that I reject that teaching. And the reason I reject that teaching is if the Holy Spirit's leading us into all truth, why after 2,000 years of church history, nobody can agree literally on one verse, no one can agree on any doctrine, no one can agree on any system of theology. There's hundreds and thousands upon thousands of denominations, and there's arguing and arguing and arguing and arguing. If if the Holy Spirit's leading us into all truth, something is horribly, horribly wrong. So I don't believe we possess any supernatural ability to understand the Scripture. I believe the Scriptures are understood utilizing the basic concepts that is used to understand anything that is written, right? We have to understand context, syntax, Uh, We have to understand uh, definition of words and and grammar and structure and and punctuation and all of these just basic things that you have to learn. You've got basically your ability to to learn to read and your uh, uh, ability to comprehend what you read of anything, like learning to read anything and learning to comprehend that reading Those are the skills that will help you understand the Bible. So I don't believe Christians have any extra special powers to do so. I know, I know the church, I know most in the church will disagree with me, but you, but you, if you disagree with me, I I mean, you've got to explain why Christians don't agree on anything, right? Hey, we have supernatural ability to understand the book, but we don't. So in theory, let me go back to my question. If you have a Christian, you have a lost person. What is going to determine their ability to understand the Bible? Who's going to understand it better? Well, my argument is the person who will understand it better is the person who has learned to read and learned the skills of reading comprehension the best, irregardless of one's religious concepts or ideas or beliefs. It is the person who reads. It's the person who knows how to read. It's the person who knows how to take apart, you know, a verse and a sentence and paragraphs and a person who knows how to properly interpret what they read and comprehend it. Whoever has those abilities will handle the text better than the other, even if one is saved and one is not saved. Now, I'm not saying that the lost person will obviously believe everything in the Bible or receive everything in the Bible or or understand maybe the spiritual implications of it, but just understanding the words on the page, that's simply reading comprehension. That is reading skills. So my, my belief is the person who knows how to read and interpret what they read 
they that will be the person who understands the text the best, irregardless of saved or unsaved. I know I'm going to get thousands, I mean, Christians are going to get so upset with me, but I'm sorry. I've got 2,000 years of church history proves that Christians clearly don't have any special skills. And I've, and I've witnessed it, I've witnessed it happening, uh, happen many times when I was in the military, worked in the medical world, and I worked, you know, I, I, I worked with doctors, for doctors, around doctors, nurses, I, I was right in that whole world. And so uh, the doctors obviously all have advanced degrees, obviously have to learn how to read and interpret what they read. So I would watch these conversations sometimes happen between a doctor, right? And maybe someone who's like a, you know, uh, who med tech or, or something else that don't, that don't have an advanced college degree in any way, shape or form. And, and, and one would be the Christian and the other one would be the non-Christian. And they would get into an argument. Now, if they got into an argument just about Christianity or doctrine or theology, well, the Christian would have a better understanding, obviously, of doctrine, theology and Christianity than the unbeliever. But if they just got to the text, like sometimes the doctor would like, okay, so what verse says that, and then they would they would get into an argument about the verse and what the verse means, and mo- many, many times, I would see the atheistic, agnostic, unbelieving doctor literally turn the Christian in inside out, wrap them up and just complete, like, just tie them up in knots, and the Christian would, and the more I would watch, I would just, I would just want to say, please, just stop talking, stop talking, just stop talking, Christian, stop, you don't know what you're doing, you're making that text, you are a, you're literally destroying the text of scripture, and you're the Christian in the argument, that, that person is ripping you into shreds because the Christian, the, the, the doctor would be like, well, what about this? And what does that word mean? And what does that mean? And, and start asking some basic interpretive questions and it would, it would be, it would be horrible. Now, I'm not saying it happened all the time, but I saw it enough to make me start questioning this. But every time I've asked this question, who's going to understand the scriptures better? A believer or an unbeliever? Everybody's like, a believer, obviously, because we have God and we have the spirit and we have the ability. I'm like, well, then why do Christians disagree? Right? So I, I never get good answers. So the reason I'm bringing all of this up is at, I think it was around 3 a.m. this morning. I was listening to the podcast Knowledge Fight. Now, Knowledge Fight, first of all, a couple of things about it. Knowledge Fight is basically a podcast completely 100% dedicated to reviewing and analyzing the programs of Alex Jones. Alex Jones, conspiracy theorist, member said Sandy Hook was a hoax, has been sued, lost the lawsuit. Uh, he's, 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 he has to pay the, the families like a billion dollars. Alex Jones, he's been in the news. There's been documentaries made about him, but they've, they decided to create a podcast completely. All they do is review and analyze the, 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 the radio program of Alex Jones and the podcast of Alex Jones. And well, knowledge fight is extremely popular. It's in the top, like 0.1% of all podcasts. It's way up there in its rankings. And it was a listener. I don't even know which listener. There was some listener out there who told me and sent me an email about Knowledge Fight. And I've been listening to it ever since. Ever since. Now, if you look up Knowledge Fight, you decide to subscribe to it. Just, you have to know this. Knowledge Fight podcast has extremely explicit and adult language. All right. Sometimes way over the top. But you need to understand that. All right. But I, I do find it interesting that these two men have been listening to basically Alex Jones forever and they did a very good job 
of uh, taking apart all the trials that Algis Jones has been in and uh, taking apart his depositions. Those, those, the depositions that Alex Jones had to sit uh, in front of the lawyers, they have the audio of those depositions. And wow, just you talk about Alex Jones can be behind a microphone saying one thing, but when he's in front of attorneys, eh, things are not to say. Like he, all of a sudden, he, he doesn't have all the evidence supposedly to prove everything's a fraud and a hoax, like he says it is. He backs way down, and so it's just, it's just, it's been. I, I, I enjoy listening to Knowledge Fight. Most people probably wouldn't want to listen to it at three in the morning while they're laying in bed trying to go to sleep, but I, I have to listen to something. So I was listening to Knowledge Fight, all right? I, I was starting to kind of doze off, right? I was getting a basic idea of what Ale- the, the program Alex was, because typically when I hear Knowledge Fight review one of the episodes of Alex Jones, I've already listened to the episode of Alex Jones. That's where I can ensure that they're not taking anything out of context. So I get both sides and it's usually, it just makes for a fun night, right? I, I listen to Alex Jones. I listen to Knowledge Fight review that episode. And then, well, it's just, it's fun. All right. I'm probably not fun for you, but that's okay. So I'm kind of dozing out, just kind of, you know, because the, the whole reason I listen to things when I go to sleep is if I don't listen to something, my mind goes a million directions, a million miles per hour. If I listen to one thing, my mind can focus on that and then all that other noise kind of lessens and then it gives me the ability to possibly fall asleep. I'm telling you, if I, if I don't uh, have something playing, it is like the volume is cranked to a thousand with thoughts and ideas. And it's just, it's maddening. It's maddening. Okay. So I know you don't really care, but now maybe explain why I listen. You know, I'm always doing podcasts going at three in the morning at four in the morning. I heard this, but so I'm listening to knowledge fight. And then all of a sudden I hear Alex Jones start talking about the Bible. Now he does that frequently. Typically it's really, really, really bad. But Alex Jones would tell you he's a follower of Christ. Alex Jones would tell you that he believes in the teachings of Christ. Alex Jones would refer to Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And I've had plenty of, e- of, of people email me over the years saying, I can't believe you criticize a fellow believer. Alex Jones is a believer in Christ and we should listen to him. Okay, so, uh, but he would claim to be a Christian. I'm not here to get into uh, claiming or judging someone's salvation, but I'm just saying he would. So he's talking about scripture. The two people who host Knowledge Fight, let me just tell you, they're not Christian, right? They seem to have a, a great an, uh, animosity opposed to Christianity and uh, would speak against it strongly. So you have basically two non-Christians, the host and co-host of Knowledge Fight, Alex claiming to be the Christian. Alex is giving a metaphor, kind of an illustration using scripture, and the two men from Knowledge Fight are going to critique Alex Jones's knowledge and use of scripture. All right. Now I have edited this out to uh, remove at least one kind of misuse of the name of God. Then right at the, let me see, I wrote it down. I want to make sure I remember the time. At 13 minutes and 58 seconds, uh, there is an, uh, a clearly an inappropriate word. I'm going to try to stop it before we get there. If for some reason I forget, I'm apologizing in advance. Uh, but uh, if I, I, I think I know exactly where it is, and I will definitely try to ensure that that does not play. But what I found fascinating is Alex Jones basically uses scripture and basically gives two interpretations of the scripture. And then the people from Knowledge Fight who are not saved are basically saying the so-called Christian Alex Jones doesn't know the Bible, doesn't know how to interpret the Bible. Here's how these passages should be interpreted. And it is fascinating 
the conclusion the two lost men come to. Because the two lost men come to a conclusion that I think most Christians would never come to. I think most Christians would go with some kind of thinking, not exactly like Alex Jones, but more in that line. And I think the lost people here really see like, <laughs> look at what it says. And if and, and I don't think I've ever heard it preached the way the lost people seem to really understand. Just if, if, if you read the text, that's what it says. And it was fascinating to me. You may not find this fascinating at all. And so, you know, if you, if you don't, I'm sorry that I wasted your time, but I have the microphone. It's, it's a late Friday night. I'm, I'm completely by myself. So, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to, I'm going to talk to you tonight. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. I could either be listening to music, watching something on television, or I guess I could be sitting here talking about scripture, trees, and Alex Jones. Does that, does that sound, I think it sounds, I think, well, I mean, can you have a, can you think of anything better to do on a Friday evening than talk about scripture, trees, and Alex Jones? I can't think of a better way to spend a Friday. I, okay. I'm being a little bit, obviously joking, but all right. A little bit sarcastic, but are you ready? Here we go. Oh boy. No, knowledge fight. Now they're, what they're, <laughs> they're getting ready to, to enter into this kind of, I, we're jumping right into the middle of the, not really the middle of the, well, about 30 minutes into the program. They've been, uh, Alex Jones has been giving all of his conspiracy theories about uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband and that attack and a lot of the lies that have shown up in other uh, conservative news sites. We won't go into all of that. So, so they kind of ease out of that. And then they're going to talk that Alex Jones is about to, to go into kind of a, about a three to four minute metaphor illustration about Elon Musk, trees, and the Bible, Right. <laughs> Just, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope you think this is interesting. I hope you think this is interesting. You, you have to. Just look, even if you don't, when it's over, I want you to just email me going, wow, that was the most amazing thing I have ever heard. That was awesome. Okay, all right. No, no, I don't, I don't want you to lie. That's okay. All right, here we go. All right. Knowledge Fight, reviewing Alex Jones. Alex Jones is going to talk about Elon Musk and trees from the Bible. It will all make sense. Oh, and fruit as well. There's fruit involved in all of this as well. It will all make sense starting maybe right now. I'll be interrupting a lot. Here we go. So Alex interviews some people, and I don't care. One of them was Roger Stone. Great. I don't care. Um, but before we get out of uh, Saturday's episode, mm -hmm. October 29th, uh, that episode, we have uh, a tortured metaphor. Oh, no. It's three and a half minutes long. Oh, no. Alex is talking about Elon Musk. No. And he starts thinking about uh, the. you judge a man by the... the, the, the you judge a tree by its fruit. Sure, sure, sure. You know, sure. that kind of thing. Right. All right. So you judge a tree by its fruits. You judge a tree by its fruits. Alex Jones is going to take that metaphor, that script, those strip scriptures that's used in two places, two gospels. You judge a tree by its fruits. He's going to use this speaking about Elon Musk. All right. I think you can see. So basically, Alex Jones is like, we're going to judge Elon Musk. He's the tree by his fruits. And Christians use this verse in a very similar way that Alex Jones uses it. I think it's common in most churches. There's a pro high probability that many of those listening to me will say, well, Alex Jones has got it right. <laughs> And they're going to disagree with the lost people. And I'm, well, un unfortunately, I'm not going to go with Alex Jones. I think the lost people perceive something here 
it's absolutely fascinating that they get it. They understand the problem with these verses where Christians don't seem to perceive the problem. How can, how can, I've always been baffled by it. How can a lost person read the text and go, well, wait a minute. There's like, there's like 50 problems here. And a believer is like, I don't see a problem. It makes perfect sense. There's no issue. Uh, yes. Uh, and, and then the Christian will say something about the verse in many cases that is completely illogical and makes no sense even to the theology the Christian professes. It is just bizarre to me what, what, what I have seen done with the Bible in the name of Christianity. All right. So, so Alex Jones is about to get a tor, they call it a tortured metaphor about you judge a tree by its fruits. And how that relates to Elon Musk. Here we go. The the one place where they used a bad word, you, you didn't even hear it because I edited that out. The other one, I wasn't able to, I just wasn't able to, to get to it. So, um, I'm. but here we go. Here we go. I'll, I'll make sure we stop it before then. Here we go. And then he starts talking about literal trees and fruits. Oh, no. And boy, does this go on. You have described the worst thing in history, a tortured metaphor from Alex, almost four minutes about Elon Musk. It's, That's the worst thing in the history of the world. Yeah, he should have taken another day <laughs> off. Getting back to Elon Musk, I look at a tree by what fruits it bears. You know, I used to, before my ex-wife divorced me, have nine acres out in the country outside Austin on the Barton Creek. And we had a couple acres on one side of the creek and like seven acres on the other side. The folks we bought the house from had an apple, a plum, and a pear orchard. And we could get more apples and plums and pears than we could ever eat off of that seven acres, about four acres of it, right in the middle was, was was those trees. We didn't take care of them. We didn't prune them. We didn't do anything. But I go over there all the time, a little spillway there at the creek. Someone said I'd walk through the water or I'd drive a, my truck across and I'd just load baskets with apples and plums and pears. Well, some other fruit, I'm forgetting it, but you cannot be serious. Now, the, the voice you just heard right there, he's like the co-host of Knowledge Fight. And his, there's no question, his understanding of Christianity, whenever, whenever the Bible or something gets mentioned up, he says things and you're like, what are you talking? Like, he doesn't seem to get it. The main host of Knowledge Fight, he has the deeper voice. He seems to really... He may not understand when, about, sometimes he'll say things about Christianity that clearly doesn't make any sense either. But in this particular case, he seems he's going to actually read the text of scripture and say, Alex doesn't know what he's talking about. Here's your only way to interpret these verses. So the, the other guy, yeah, some, sometimes I'm just like, just, just shh, shh. When, whenever the Bible or theology is mentioned, just shh. Okay. All right. So, but Alex Jones needs to shh as well. But all right, here we go. All right. So, uh, Alex Jones owned this property before his uh, ex-wife divorced him. What did he say? Nine acres, I think. They had uh, trees, apple, plum, and pear, I think. They could get more than they could eat. All these trees. Now, somehow, he's going to use this now. He's going to get from that to the Bible to Elon Musk. Here we go. And the crazy thing was you have a little tree next to a big one, but it would have twice as many plums on it or twice as many pears on it or apples. 
And sometimes you'd have one of the bigger trees that grew really big and strong and looked great, but it would have almost nothing on it. And that's what the Bible's talking about, judging what? the tree by its fruits. You look at this little tree, and it's loaded with apples, where it's almost weighed down to the ground. In fact, we had one tree went down to the ground. It had so many apples on it, like just, just like a hundred apples. And we were making apple pies constantly and everything, just God's bounty. Is this story about stealing? And the same thing for a plum tree. You'd have like a... <laughs> This is not his stuff. Plum tree and then a big plum tree, and there'd be a few plums on the big plum tree and a whole bunch on the little one. And it, it wasn't always like that. We had a few trees <sighs> that were big trees that were also loaded. You had to get a ladder up there and get them off. But that's not where I'm going with this. Oh, it's not? People ask me what I think of Elon Musk, and I'm, I'm, I try to be Christ-like. I don't claim to be very Christ-like. I try to be Christ-like, but I definitely follow the teachings of Christ. Someone hit him with 100 apples. And my savior. So I, I definitely, Alex Jones, the other guy keeps just saying things, talking over him. I hate that. If they're going to review the audio, don't talk over it. Let, let Alex talk. Let Alex be heard. But Alex said, I follow the teachings of Christ. Uh, he says he's not always Christ-like. And then he's getting ready to refer to uh, him, like, I think, as his Lord and Savior. I'm going to back that up just a little bit. Here we go very Christ-like. I try to be Christ-like, but I definitely follow the teachings of Christ. Someone hit him with 100 apples. And my savior, but let's just say this, Christ is never wrong. But I don't know if you heard Alex say, I definitely follow the teachings of Christ. I definitely follow the teachings of Christ. That always baffles me how Christians can, will, will say, like, Christians always say these things like, hey, we can say no to sin. We can say, yeah, I, hey, I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things are gone. Uh, old things are gone or the old is gone and all things have become new. I'm a new creature in Christ. And it's like, well, but wait a minute. Do you still have a sinful nature? Do you still sin? Well, yes. Then how can uh, the all things are new and the old is gone and, and everything has changed if you're still sinning? Well, I mean, I'm a new creature in Christ. The old is gone. All, all, everything has become new. It's true, but I, I'm still a sinner. Like, don't you see the contradiction there? How can you say I follow the teachings of Christ, but I'm not always Christ-like? <laughs> no, yeah, no, Alex. If you're not if you're not Christ-like, you're clearly not following the teachings of Christ. No, you can't say that that you are a new creature. Uh, that the old is gone and everything is new. If you are still sinning and if you still have a sin nature, then obviously you're not completely new, and the old is not completely gone. And clearly, not all things have become new. Clearly, there's a problem. But Christians say these things without ever. I, it just blows my mind how they never. I don't know what's the deal. Like Christians can't see like, wait, 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 wait. That makes absolutely no sense. But he said, I follow the teachings of Christ, but I'm not Christ-like. What? You don't fall. You may, you may understand the teachings of Christ to be the standard which you pursue, but that's the standard that shows you that you're not Christ. How do you know you're not Christ-like? The teachings of Christ and you realize how far you fall short from it. The, the commands of Christ, the law, you, you fall short of it. But okay, all right. It just, just, I just sometimes professing Christians will say things and just the church in general that I'm, sometimes you think, what has happened? Have we lost all ability to think? All right, but here we go. I'm going to back this up just a little bit more. Here we go. Hit him with 100 apples. And my savior, but let's just say this, Christ is never wrong. Uh, but when I compare my thinking to Christ, that isn't from an arrogant perspective, just be very clear. But Christ said, you judge a tree by its fruits. And so when I look at Elon Musk and the things he's done, promoting Neuralink 
and Starlink and all of it, that kind of weighs down him being a good guy on the side of bad. But then you look at coming out against the vaccine two years ago and saying don't take it at the start, and coming out against world government, and now coming out against the Ukraine war, and now coming out against censorship, and now saying we shouldn't get rid of fossil fuels, they're a good thing, we need them, alongside electric while we develop better systems, and that we will collapse if we don't have it, and just on and on and on, I look at the tree that is Elon Musk, and I say, this guy's getting better and better. And so the good side of him way outsides the bad. Don't worry. You're going to end up liking him. He was an apartheid profiteer. His family is, uh, you know, that's his background. So you're, you'll be fine. You'll like him. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, don't, I don't quite know what to do when anybody brings up Elon Musk without being like, what needs to happen is the entire population of the earth needs to jump upon him and tear him limb from limb. Now, I, I, we could spend all day talking about that. I, it's just amazing. Like these are more liberal, progressive, libertarian kind of people. You, you're calling for the whole population to jump upon Elon Musk and tear him from limb to limb. Is that not a promotion of violence? Is that not a promotion of violence? It's just funny because like sometimes a podcaster would say something like that and their episode's going to be pulled down in 5.2 seconds for promoting violence. They say that and nothing happens. I'm not saying that there's a double standard, but I don't know how you hear that and not see that as a promotion of violence. That the whole population should jump upon Elon Musk and rip him limb from limb. Like what that that is insane. That's insane. I, I, I don't get that. I don't I don't. How, how is that even acceptable? But yet they, they, they will condemn Alex Jones when he says things that are hateful and seem to be inciting violence. That's inciting violence. Elon Musk is a real human being. You may not like his politics. You may not like what he does with his money. You may not like his philosophy about Twitter, but you should not want to see the human being ripped apart limb by limb. That is, that is frightening. But that what we're focusing on is the Alex Jones scripture thing. But I just, I, and when I heard that, I was like, wow, I'm going to back that up one more time. Just you, you just wow. It's just amazing. Like somebody some people would say that it would be, you know, front page news, you know, front front page news podcaster promotes violence against politician or or against, uh, you know, this person. But in this case, I guess everyone is OK with it because I haven't heard any controversy. Here we go. I don't I don't quite know what to do when anybody brings up Elon Musk without being like, what needs to happen is the entire population of the earth needs to jump upon him and tear him limb from limb. Mm. Like there's not much other things to say about him. Or he needs to stack brush too close to Rene Boucher's yes. yard. Yeah. Now, the stack brush is the is a reference. Was it Rand Paul? Uh, who was attacked by his neighbor. That's what they're talking about because Rand Paul was stacking up brush and his neighbor didn't like it. It was too close to his property and ran over, tackled him, broke like five ribs, whatever. So it's still another idea of promoting violence against Elon Musk. I That mis blows my mind. Like, why, any, why would we want violence on anyone? Now, of course, they're coming from a lost perspective. They're not the Christians in the story. So I, you know, I wouldn't expect them to promote anything other than violence. I just find it interesting that how the somehow sometimes the more liberal people are like, we're about compassion and not being judgmental. And we hate all of this hate. Th their hate will come out in the same way. All right. So let's continue. 
Yes. So as usual, we need to find ways to trick people into stacking brush too close to his yard. So as usual, Alex has completely misunderstood the Bible verse he claims that he bases a lot of his thinking around. Yeah. There are two verses that he's referencing here with the fruit and the trees. One of them is Luke 6:43 through 45, which says, quote, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. A similar passage is found in Matthew seven fifteen through 20. Quote, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. This appears in both Luke and Matthew because both those Gospels are largely believed to have been derived from a common source. That's a really complicated matter, so to stick to the simple stuff, Alex has no idea what these verses mean, apparently. Okay, so they get into the idea that the two Gospels are based off a common source. We could get into that entire discussion. But see, what I like is... Here's someone who's not even a Christian who understands that whole thing about them possibly being based on the same source. When I know Christians have gone to church for 15 years who've never even heard of that concept. All right, why not? Okay, all right, but, all right. So, but immediately he says, Alex has no idea what these verses are about. All right, so he's going to give us an idea of how Alex is the interpretation. Alex seems to be giving two interpretations of these passages. And then he's going to offer what seems to be uh, at least one main interpretation. And then, well, well, we're going to talk about this, right? So here we go. Even in this long, meandering plum and apple story that he's telling, Alex offers two different interpretations of how you can tell a tree by its fruit, and they're both wrong in Mm. terms of what the Bible says. Yep. The first he presents is that you can tell how good a tree is, not by uh, how big it is, but by the amount of fruit it produces. This is a fun way to think about plants, but it's not related to that scripture at all. No. The second version Alex comes up with is that you weigh the good fruit against the bad fruit in order to determine if a tree is good or bad. Makes perfect sense. is also not what the Bible is saying. Yeah. Okay, let's back that up and listen to that again, because that's exactly what Alex is doing. That's exactly what Alex is doing. All right, here we go. This is a fun way to think about plants, but it's not. Okay, we didn't go back far enough. All right, we didn't go back far enough. All right, here we go. Here we go. Listen carefully. See if you can get the two ways Alex interpreted the verse. All right, here we go. Even in this long, meandering plum and apple story that he's telling, Alex offers two different interpretations of how you can tell a tree by its fruit, and they're both wrong in Mm. terms of what the Bible says. Yep. The first he presents is that you can tell how good a tree is, not by uh, how big it is, but by the amount of fruit it produces. All right, so Alex says you judge a, a tree by its fruit based off the amount of fruit. If it has lots of fruit, it's a good tree. If it has little fruit, it's a bad tree. It doesn't matter how tall the tree is, it's the amount of fruit. So now, so Alex has taken the passage to say, how do you judge a tree by its fruit? It's the amount of fruit. All right. That's and that doesn't seem to be what the text is saying. All right. Now, what's what's Alex's second approach? 
This is a fun way to think about plants, but it's not related to that scripture at all. No. The second version Alex comes up with is that you weigh the good fruit against the bad fruit in order to determine if a tree is good or bad. Makes perfect sense. Is also not what the Bible is saying. All right, so Alex then offers a second, like, okay, here's what you do. You look at the, all the fruit on the tree, you see, you take the bad, you take the good, and you see which one cancels the other one. If there's more good than bad, then the tree is good. If there's more bad than good, then the tree, if there's more bad than good, the tree is bad. If there's more good than bad, then the tree is good. And that, I, I think they're right. That's not what these scriptures are about. But you can, you've, I've heard some of these concepts, maybe not as exactly the way Alex has said, but they've, they, some of these ideas has kind of crept in at times into some Christian teaching. But the main thing is the way Christians teach it. You're getting ready to see what they're getting ready to say about it, I think is so profound. Now, they, I think they completely, they don't know what to do with it. I think that here's the thing. The lost people are going to be like, wait a minute. If I take this text the way it reads, this is, and they don't know what to do with it. Where, but Alex is going in a completely wrong direction with it. So, so this is fascinating. So this is fascinating. So, so let's keep listening. Let's see what they, how they're going to interpret the verse. So Alex has interpreted that, you know, a, tr- a judge, a true, a tree by its fruit based on the amount of fruit. Or second, you judge a tree, a tree by its fruit based off weighing the good and the bad and seeing which one is more. All right, now, let's see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. The real problem with this Bible verse is that it espouses an absolute that humans can't really live up to. Oh, wow. Did you hear that? The problem with this verse is it puts forth an absolute that humans cannot live up to. I don't think I've ever heard a pastor comprehend that. They always just say, look, you judge a tree by its fruit. What would people determine if they saw your fruit? Do you have enough? Do you have enough fruit to prove that you're truly a Christian? Wait, wait a minute. They're right. This passage seems to be putting forth an absolute concept. It's not like maybe could be. No, it's an absolute thing. And it's so absolute that none of us can live up to. Now, if we interpret it that way, that would that only leads us to one theological solution. Right? But but preachers don't preach it that way. They preach it as not an absolute. It's 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 kind of like you're gonna have some good, you're gonna have some bad. Basically, you basically you got to have enough good to outweigh the bad. They kind of go the Alex Jones way, and then and then and but they they never bother to see the absolute nature the passages seem to speak of, right? And we, we will look at the passage in just a second. Let's let's see. I got to make sure I watch the time here because if it gets to thirteen fifty eight on here, then we're going to hear the bad word. I'm going to make sure I stop it right before. Right, here we go. Let's keep listening. Good trees produce good fruit, and bad trees produce bad fruit. No good tree produces bad fruit, and no bad tree produces good fruit. Therefore, if you produce bad fruit, you're a bad tree, and if you produce good fruit, you're a good tree. Please note that he's saying the text is giving an absolute. If you ever produce bad, bad fruit, you're not a good tree. If you ever produce bad fruit, you're not a good tree. You need to be cut down and thrown into the fire. 
You can never produce bad fruit, that, the, that it's giving an absolute. Christians have not taught it that way. They're like, well, you may produce bad fruit, but, but you just got to have enough good fruit to prove you're saved. No, the text seems to be absolute. A good, freed, a good tree does not produce bad fruit. If that is an accurate rendering and understanding of the text, then your theology blows up unless you realize you're right. You're right. A good tree only produces good fruit. And if I ever produce any bad fruit, I'm not a good tree. And guess what? You've never been a good tree. You never will be a good tree. The good tree is the standard. You produce bad fruit. So what do you deserve? To be cut down and thrown into the fire. Your only hope is Jesus Christ, which was a good tree, who produced who produced only good fruit, and by faith, that good fruit is imputed to your account. So in your position, you stand as a good tree. Either it's an absolute or you have to obliterate the actual understanding of the text to turn it into what? If you produce enough good fruit, you're a Christian, but, uh, but you can produce bad. You just got to have more good. Well, how much good outweighs the bad? Yeah, there's a reason that people like to think of it in a different way, because the other way of thinking about it, do you mean the more accurate way of thinking about it? It's hard. Is, it's uh, impossible. Predestination. Now, I don't know what he means by predestination, but the other guy was like, because it's impossible. It's impossible. He sees the impossible nature of it. And that's what so much of the Bible, the laws and the standards, it is supposed to make us see it is impossible. But Christians read it. I can do it. And then we convince ourselves we do something that we clearly don't do because there's bad fruit in all of us. So therefore, none of us are good trees. How can the lost person realize that? And we can't. Now, we'll, we'll look at the text to see if, if, if what they said is true in just a minute. And we're going to go just a little bit further. I want to see if they have any more else to say. All right, here we go. In this actual context, the verse is really unhelpful to Alex because it would require him to put definite labels on people which are rigid and cannot be changed. That's true. See, Alex Jones don't really like the actual meaning of the text because then he would have to say Elon Musk is either good or bad. If he's ever produced any bad fruit, guess what? He's bad. He can't be good. So Elon, uh, so Alex would have to put people in definitive camps, de definitive categories, and they would never change. But Alex wouldn't want to do that, especially in the case of Elon Musk, because if Elon Musk will allow Alex back on Twitter, well, then obviously Elon is a good tree. So he's just right. It, 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 the text is absolute. Let's look at it and see if that is correct. Let's see if that is correct. Luke 6. Let's just see. Let's just see if it's correct, right? We'll read it from two translations. Let's go with the first one. Luke 6. Maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. Let's see. All right. Luke chapter 6, verse 43. For a good tree bringeth forth, bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. That's very absolute. A good tree does not bring forth corrupt fruit. A good tree will not produce bad fruit, and neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. In other words, that's very absolute. That's absolute. Well, I'm sorry, we produce corrupt fruit all the time. 
For every tree is known by his own fruit. Uh, for of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a, a bramble bush gather the grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Well, guess what is in your heart? It's sin. Guess what you bring forth? Sin. Therefore, you don't live up to this standard. Guess what this would prove? You are a bad tree, and you deserve to be cut down. What's your only hope? The only good tree that produces nothing but good fruit, which is Jesus Christ. And by faith, his righteousness, his good fruit is imputed to you. So in your position, you are a good tree who produces good fruit because of Christ. It's absolute, but preachers don't preach it in an absolute way. Well, I mean, you will produce good fruit, but what you need to do is just, just look to see, does your life basically, does it, does it demonstrate more good fruit than it does bad fruit? Therefore, you know you're saved. What? All right, the other passage. Well, let me, let me read that in a different translation. Let me read that in a different translation since I have it right here. Luke chapter 6. All right, Luke chapter 6. Where is it? Where is it? Verse 43, a good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad, free a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. It's an absolute standard. If you are a good tree, there will be no bad fruit. It doesn't work, it doesn't work that way. All right. So then the next one is Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Let me go to this Bible. Matthew 7, verse 15. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly there are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Now here, the, the fruit here is referring to false prophets. That, that's, this is how you judge a false prophet. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Once again, it's, a, it's an absolute. That, that if you are a good tree, you never produce bad fruit. And if you're a bad tree, you never produce good fruit. Well, we can understand the bad tree never producing good fruit because of man's depravity. They can never produce good fruit in the sight of God because even our good works is nothing but filthy rags. That makes perfect sense. And that is true of all of us. Right? All of us, even as Christians, our good that we do is always corrupted and tainted by sin. But guess what? As a Christian, if you're supposed to be the good tree, you will never produce bad fruit, which is just an absolute lie. It's not true. We produce bad fruit all the time. So these scriptures should actually make you go, I'm a bad tree. I produce bad fruit. I deserve to be cut down and thrown into the fire. What is my hope? The only good tree, Jesus Christ who produce nothing but good fruit. And by faith, his righteousness is mine. Alex goes very closely going the way most Christians go, where two lost people have at least a better idea that no, this is giving us an impossibility where Christians can't see that. You've got to explain that to me. 
We'll stop right there. You can contact me. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I hope you appreciated that. I just thought it would be something fun to do since I've been worried about the internet and still I still don't know what's going on with the internet, but it's working fine here on Spreaker, so that's good. Uh, I don't know when we'll be able to live broadcast again on Church One and, and Sermons 2.0. I'm very, very, very disappointed about that. I'm hoping we can come up with a solution, but for now, we can still broadcast easily on Spreaker and... Uh, We'll, we'll have to see. Something something doesn't make sense that it works so perfectly here and I go live on the other and it doesn't work. That doesn't make, something does not make any sense. But in the meantime, I'm just grateful that we could do this and I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope you appreciate it. I just thought it would be something fun to do and uh, well, and it really does relate a lot to our, it relates perfectly to our law and gospel study. So um, it wasn't just something completely abstract. It, it, it very much was connected to it. So I can't wait to get your thoughts. Those on the Discord channel, let me know your thoughts. Everyone else, newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful night. It's 1024 p.m. on a Friday night, and I'm going to figure out what to do with the rest of my evening. So I hope, you know, one of the things I'll be doing, listening to podcasts, all right? Everyone have a great night. God bless.